0: Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. I want to preach this morning for a few moments really from this subject more than a title, the joy that is set before us, the joy that is set before before us. Would you lift your hands one more time to the Lord and lift your voice and thank you for his presence this morning. Open your spirit to receive the word of the Lord today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the joy of the Lord that I feel in this house this morning in the name of Jesus. I thank you for what you're going to do here in the next few minutes in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise this morning in his presence as you're seated today. Praise God. Psalm 30 and verse number five says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. There is a joy that is set before every one of us, whether we know it or we do not know it. The world that we live in is seeking desperately for what we have here today. It may just not come in the form that their flesh desires. But there's no way to obtain what God has for you without doing it his way. I can't get the joy that God has for me unless I do things his way. But when I get in alignment with his word and with his will and with his spirit, I want to tell somebody this morning that there is no joy that you will ever experience anywhere else like the joy of living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen this morning. Hallelujah. The joy that God gives his people is a joy like no other joy that can be obtained in the world. This world can offer you a whole lot of stuff and it will give you a temporary a, a temporary high or a temporary pleasure. But at the end of it all, that's all that it is. It's just temporary. And and then when you when you come back down to reality, it's back to where you started. Everything that this world offers offers any individual all, all in the same way. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God this is a reality of the world in which we live in today, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We live in a day today where it really we're seeing, we're, we are seeing we are seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes in that good is called evil and evil is called good. We're seeing a massive and a major flipping of the script of everything that we have known, as, as uh, the spirit of this age moves and does everything that he can, as the devil in these last days moves about through the earth doing everything that he can to try to confuse humanity and trying to uh, uh, get humanity wrapped up in every bit of evil that he can. I'm telling you, uh, uh, what we are experiencing in the world today on a daily, weekly basis is a progression, is a downward spiral of humanity that is seeking for some type of joy and meaning in life. Uh, uh, this is what sin will do to you. Sin will give you enough pleasure to think to make you think that there is an ultimate answer there. But there is a downward spiral that sin takes humanity on and sin takes you deeper and takes you deeper. Sin will take you farther than you ever intended on going. It, w- it, will, it will bring you more shame than you ever intended to carry. It will make you feel more confident than you ever anticipated in your life. That's what sin does to humanity. But I've come to preach to you this morning that there is an answer to the sin problem, and it is found in a man named Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is a sin problem in the world, but there is also an answer that was given to mankind, and his name is Jesus Christ. Would you clap your hands one more time to the Lord and give him praise this morning? Hallelujah. That we live in a day and an age where there's, there, nobody's a sinner anymore. Everybody is a good person. The way that we look at ourselves, humanity, you will find very, very few people, very, very few people that will look at you having just met you and look at you in the face and say, you know what? I'm a terrible person. I'm a, you know what, I I am, I'm just a horrible person. People, everything you're going to hear from somebody, you know, I'm pretty much a good person. But the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, the wonderful thing about the plan of salvation is you don't have to qualify to God having been a good person in order to obtain what he has for you. You just got to look God in the face and say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I've messed up and I've blown it. I've made some bad decisions. I've made some bad decisions over and over. I've, I've made bad decisions and then lived in my bad decision for however long. I've I've done a lot of things I shouldn't have done. I've said evil words. I've done evil deeds. I've thought evil thoughts. I've heard evil words. I've, I've looked at things I shouldn't have looked at. Lord, I confess it before you. When when you get to the place that you, can, that you can get honest with God and honest with yourself and say, you know what God, I'm just a sinner but I need your salvation and I need your grace. You have then put yourself in position to receive salvation and receive what God has for you. Hallelujah. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is a problem that humanity has. Humanity has a terrible problem. and and, and the book of uh, Hosea uh, uh, makes mention that uh, that, that, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What I don't know will and can have an eternal impact upon my soul. Even though I may not know some things, it still will have an eternal impact upon my soul. And everybody uh, under the sound of my voice today, you're here because the Spirit of God has drawn you to Him. we, We may have thought of it oh it's Easter Sunday I'm going to go to church today but what you did not understand is every thought that went through your brain and every decision that you made your cognitive ability as we put it to, to decide to go to the house of the Lord and worship with the people of God you did not put those thoughts in your head all by yourself there is a God in heaven that was looking down upon you that was speaking to you and that was leading you that put those thoughts in your mind that put those thoughts in your brain and you came to the decision, I'm going to go to to the house of the Lord today and I'm going to worship him on this Sunday morning. You ought to count yourself blessed today because the Spirit of God is drawing you to him. And I want to tell you this morning that the Spirit of God, he is drawing people unto him because he loves humanity with an undying love. He loves humanity with a love that we cannot describe and we cannot fully understand. And he's come here today with his arms outstretched and with his love reaching towards you and I this morning wanting to give us what he died on Calvary to give us and that is his spirit and his forgiveness. Praise God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've got bad news for you. Being a good person isn't going to get you to heaven. But I've got good news for you. If you repent of your sins, You'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the gospel. That is the death, the burial, and the resurrection applied to my life. You can receive what only, your, what only can satisfy your soul today, and that is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is his spirit living within you. Luke chapter 18, verse number 10, tells us, Just a little snippet of the value of what I'm talking about right now. Luke chapter 18, verse number 10, begins by saying, Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one, this is Jesus talking, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not, as other men are, extortioners unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner." I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. What Jesus is telling him is very, very simple. We can be lifted up in pride because of our religiosity or because of how much I am a good person or because I've made quote unquote right decisions and because of all the things that I have done but everybody body under the sound of my voice should still have a realization that if it wasn't for the goodness of God who lifted me out of the mess that I was in I wouldn't be here sitting in this chair this morning in the presence of the Lord. I wouldn't have been filled with his spirit if it wasn't for his goodness. I wouldn't have been washed in his blood if it wasn't for his goodness towards me. Saints of God hear me this morning we can never get to a place where we are ungrateful for the goodness of our Savior, for the goodness of of God towards humanity and the salvation that he gave to us. Oh, it's still exciting to see somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the first time because I remember that the mess that I was in when I was lost, I remember how I was lifted up in pride all by myself, but he forgave me of my pride. He forgave me of my sin, and he lifted me out of bondage. Hallelujah. Oh, why don't you just lift your hands and thank him for his salvation this morning. We would not be here if it was not for the goodness of our Lord this morning. I would not be here if it wasn't for the fact that he washed me in his blood. If he cleansed me of unrighteousness and gave me a brand new start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints of God, we've got, we've got to make sure. I don't care how long we've lived for God. We never get over the fact that he saved me. We never get over the fact that he saved me. I'd be lost right now if he had. I couldn't forgive myself. Anytime you have ever offended somebody, have you ever just gone to the mirror and looked at yourself and said, well, I forgive me for what I did to them. It's impossible to forgive yourself for the trespasses you have. You have trespassed against somebody else. If you have offended somebody else, you don't ask yourself for forgiveness. You go to them and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, I, I blew it. I messed up. You stand in need of their forgiveness. And every time we sin. Every time we fall, every time we fail, every time we live an iniquitous life according to our own life and our own will, we sin against God and He is the only one. He is the only one that can forgive us. I can't forgive myself. I cannot wash myself. I cannot cleanse myself of unrighteousness. I need a Savior. I need I need a God that will forgive me. And so I go to Him in prayer because I have sinned against Him. And I've got good news for you today. He's in a forgiving mood The morning. If anybody will call upon his name, he's ready to forgive somebody. He's ready to change your life. He's ready to empower you and fill you with his spirit. He's ready this morning. Hallelujah. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah, God is in a saving mood every day of the week. God is in a saving mood this morning. He's, he's hoping somebody will come to him just like this publican did and say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. The Bible says he went back down to his house justified rather than the Pharisee that was lifted up and exalted in himself because of all of his good religious tradition and because he was a good person and because he fasted. He looks upon those that will simply get rich. Re- here, here, here it is. I've messed up. I've lived in sin. I've 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 enjoyed the pleasures of sin, but I'm giving up the pleasures of sin and I'm and I'm I'm joining with you and I'm going to receive what you have for me. The Bible tells us that there's no joy like the joy of living for God. There's no pleasure in this life like the pleasures that are at the right hand of God. Let me tell you this morning that there is no joy like living for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our world is trying to figure out everything. Trying to figure out everything to get joy. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not something naturally that you can take in and that you can be satisfied by anything naturally that you can grab a hold with your physical hands. But it is righteousness, it is peace, it is joy in the Holy Ghost. By, by, by virtue of how it words it here, two-thirds of the kingdom of God is emotion. Two-thirds of it is peace and Joy. The Bible talks about the peace that passes all understanding. The Bible tells us that that the, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that at, 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 the, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. There is joy in the kingdom of God that you cannot find in the world, no matter how far you look, no, how, no matter how deep you go. You can try it again and again and again and again, but you're going to come up empty handed every time. But I've come to to tell you that just like it tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2 that, 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 that Jesus endured the cross despising the shame because there was joy that was set before him. Let me tell you this morning that when you give up the life that you are living and you give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about 25% of your life. I'm not talking about 50% of your life. I'm talking about giving your entire life to Jesus. There is a joy that is set before you that you cannot obtain in any other way. Hear me this morning. The kingdom of God is not depression and boredom, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But the God of this world will tell you that if you go down to that church and you go down to that altar and you give your life to God, it's going to be boredom until the day you die. I've come to tell you that the devil is alive and there's no joy that you can find like the joy in the presence of the Lord. If you believe that this morning, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, our world is looking for joy everywhere. Our world is looking for it in a prescription bottle. Our world is looking for peace in a prescription bottle because they can't handle the stresses of life. Our world is walking around like zombies because they can't handle anxiety and they can't handle the depression. I'm gonna tell you, that's what sin gets you. Sin gets you depression and sin gets you hopelessness. That is where it takes You, but I've come to tell you about the joy of the Holy Ghost that when you get the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God begins to move in your life he begins to rearrange your thoughts he begins to rearrange your emotions he begins to change your inner man on the inside there's nothing like Jesus there's nothing like Jesus oh lift your hands right now and just lift your voice and thank the Lord for his goodness this morning hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 The only time you're going to find joy is when you give up sin. You got to give it up. You got to boycott it. You've got you got to run the other way. There's temptation in the world. You see, Satan does he he weaves a web around the minds of humanity because he offers he he offers one thing while having something uh, hidden from them. He offers them pleasure. He offers them what what will please them in the moment, but not understanding humanity. What will fall for the trick because not understanding behind the pleasure is a bondage that comes along with it. There is a bondage that comes along it, it, it amazes me I I, I don't it, it's our society is in blindness when we will take the Bibles out of public schools but we will give them to prisoners in the in the prison house we've got it backwards and we'll admit that the Bible will help you but only after you have wrecked your life we'll give you a but man I feel the Holy Ghost right now we'll give them scripture after they have made catastrophic mistake after catastrophic mistake we'll give them a Bible then what are we saying the our own government is confessing that when everything goes south and you've made wrong decisions here is the word of God this will get you back on track and I've come to preach to somebody before you wreck your life don't go try everything come right to the word and come right to Jesus before you destroy hallelujah hallelujah don't wait until you've made a bad decision that is destroying your life come to Jesus now come to him now Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible is offensive until that person has murdered somebody and is on death row. Then all of a sudden, nobody's offended. The word of God is offensive until somebody has raped 15 women and is in a prison cell somewhere. And then we give them a Bible. Yeah, it's not offensive then. It's not offending anybody then, but it's offensive. What what is happening? It is the the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe. There is a blindness that has happened in the world today. Why is there a blindness? There's a blindness because Satan is actively lying to people. The voice that people hear in their life, where they think they think it's their own thoughts. You see, Satan operates in subtlety. He has since the very beginning, and he plays on people's thoughts and he puts thoughts in their mind that they did not think of themselves but came from a a, a, a demonic world and came from a fallen angel and they begin to act upon those thoughts reaping the pleasure in the moment but not understanding the bondage that is coming to them later. Hear me this morning I'm talking to people today that you have indulged in the pleasures of sin but the Bible also tells us that the pleasures of sin are only for a season until you come to find out that you're wrapped up and you're bound up and you can't get out by yourself and you can't change it all by yourself And society lies to themselves and says oh I can stop if I want to no 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 you cannot once you get wrapped up in spiritual bondage you, the only way that you're going to get free of that bondage is by the power of the Holy Ghost because he alone is the one that has the power to set you free I'm here to teach, preach to somebody this morning that there is true joy that is set before you. True joy comes when you know that you are free and you are free indeed. True joy only comes when you know that you are free from every bondage of the enemy, every bondage of addiction, every bondage of emotional baggage, every bondage of hurts and wounds of your past, every bondage that has come upon you, that has that has, that has has uh, gradually come upon you and there has been an erosion of your life over a period of time because you have given yourself to sin. God wants to forgive you of your sin and he is the only one that can do it. He is the only one that can cleanse you and wash you of your sin and he wants to do it more than you want to receive it. He went to Calvary and he died on Calvary to be the sacrifice so that your sins could be forgiven. So that you could be set free. Man has a problem. Man has a big problem. Humanity. We are, the Bible says, we are born in sin and we are shapen in iniquity. There's no person alive that when you were a child, your your parent had to teach you how to tell a lie. You don't have to teach a child to disobey. You don't have to teach a child to begin to exemplify things that we want to teach them not to do we spend our time teaching them what to do that is productive. Even, even people that are not God-fearing, Bible-believing people will teach their children, will try to, in, in many circumstances, how to be a productive member of society because it is not natural within us. It's not there. It does not exist. The Bible says, within me dwelleth no good thing. It's not there. As much as I want to tell myself I'm a good person, aside from the Holy Ghost, I I am a sinner. I am full of sin and iniquity, self-control. This is what humanity is made up of. This is who we are. And without Jesus intervening in our life and making the difference, that's what I will be from the day that I am born until the day that I die without an answer to the problem and without any meaning to my life because I I, 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 I did not experience the salvation that only God can give me and I was not brought into his kingdom and made a part of his eternal purpose and his eternal plan in the earth but here on this Sunday morning the spirit of God is reaching for humanity not because you're so bad because his love is so great are we sinners? yes do we need his forgiveness? yes will we die lost without it? yes but his love is greater than every sin that I've ever committed and that if I will come to him and I would just say, Lord, I am a sinner and I need you to forgive me and I need you to change my life. I'm telling you, when you do that, you are just a couple of steps away from your life being changed as you obey the word of God. Hallelujah. Children, it's in our nature. If there's not somebody there, if there are not parents there, To help them and to guide them. Our nature will take over. And a child does not have the ability to discipline themselves. They do not have the ability. They lack the ability. That's why God gave children parents. Because they don't have control over themselves. And so they need somebody to help them have control over themselves. And. Because in every person that is born, we are given a sin nature. It's there. You don't, have to, you don't have to teach a child to do all the things, really, that are against the word of God. Because we were born in sin. We were shaped in iniquity. This is, this is the problem that man has. Man has a real bad, has a real bad problem. Humanity has a very bad, bad problem. But the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ went to a cross. You see, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That means if I keep living in sin, if I keep living in sin, I'm gonna get what I have worked for. Payday's coming. Payday is coming may not be here yet but the wages of sin is death oh it'll start to manifest in your life before before you cross over you'll see the death of relationships you'll see the death of all kinds of uh, uh, you'll, you'll see the death of your emotions of your mind I don't know how exactly it will how exactly it will manifest in your life but sin only brings one thing that is death but there's an answer to the problem and that Jesus Christ, the reason he went to Calvary is he stepped in front of us and said, I'll pay the price. I will die in your stead so you don't have to. That's what Calvary is all about. That's what the cross is all about. So he went to Calvary, and the Bible says he endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? Because of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? It was that he was paying the price, and he knew what he was going to get in exchange for that price that he paid. And that was there were going to be willing men and women that were going to forsake their sin and receive the sacrifice that he gave to them. Yeah, were there going to be people that reject him? Yeah. Were there going to be people that, that, that just rolled it off their back and that, and that just dismissed his sacrifice? Yeah. There's a lot of people that rejected him and continued to do it. But the joy that was set before Jesus Christ was that there would be willing people that would come to an altar of repentance and that would say, thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, and they would repent of their sins and they would be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins and they would be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues that they would receive the gospel into their own life that they would obey what he was commanding them to do and they would receive salvation. He already paid the penalty for your sin. He paid the penalty for it. we, We should be in a place of hopelessness. That's where we should be. But today, I thought about it when I got up this morning and I saw the sun shining, that there was a day when Mary arose on that, on that, on that resurrection Sunday morning and she gathered some oil and some spices and she began to walk in the direction of the garden tomb. And as they were grieving the death of their Savior, Jesus Christ, he had been humiliated and murdered in front of everybody. And they killed him, and they put him in a tomb. She gets up that morning, and she goes to anoint his body to try to delay a little bit of the stinking process because they loved him. They went to a, She went to the, the garden tomb to anoint his body, and she walks into the garden tomb, and she finds something she wasn't expecting that day. She found an empty tomb. She found found a tomb where Jesus was supposed to be but he was there no longer because he had he had arose early that morning as she got up that morning with grief in her heart as she arose that morning with tears streaming down her face as she walked to the to the garden tomb she had no idea that what was about to be revealed to her was going to be the source of the greatest joy that humanity could ever that humanity could ever experience and that was yes he was crucified and yes he was buried but on the third day he rose again with the power of God within him. He arose again on that third day and because he conquered death and hell and the grave I can be born of water and spirit I can arise out of my old lifestyle and I can be cleansed and I can be washed and I can have a brand new start in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because mankind has sinned. Because there's a major problem. I know that even in a crowd this size, there's people in this in this audience here today that there's things in your past you wish you could forget. There's things in your past you wish you could have, you wish you could redo them. And you wish you had a do-over and you you have regrets and you have you maybe have guilt and shame from decisions you made in your life i'm going to tell you where that guilt and shame comes from it comes from the fact that we are spiritual beings and there's just something about when when humanity commits sin that what comes along with it is guilt and shame and condemnation but today jesus came to lift the guilt and the shame and the condemnation off of your life he wants to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus and he wants to give humanity a fresh new start. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants you to be born of the water and of the spirit this morning and he wants to give you a brand new life and when you get that brand new life you're going to find the joy that was set before him was imparted into you because you realize that your life has been made brand new and you have an eternity to look for forward to and you can be loosed from the guilt and the shame and the condemnation and the sin of your past. I want you to stand with me this morning. There is joy set before you today. Praise God. If you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, we've got everything you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. we got robes, warm water, all the stuff. These gentlemen right here can take you back to get changed and baptized if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, God can do it today. Sister Bliss, I want you to put Acts chapter 2, thir- chapter two the verses 37 through 39. It's it's really simple. Much of the modern Christian world has preached it as basically easy believism, but what what the Spirit of God is is actually easy receivism. It's really easy to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's really easy. But in the book of Acts chapter 2, I'm just about done, clearly. Peter begins to preach about Jesus, just what I preached to you this morning. He begins to preach about how they crucified Jesus and how they killed him. They crucified him. And he preaches it straight. Boom. The Bible says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? This is the most important question that somebody can ever ask when they want to get right with God. That's it. Right there. Boom. There it is. And he gives them a straight answer. He says, And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission. That word remission is another word for forgiveness. For the remission of your sins. For the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, is that, Was that just for them? No. Verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This experience is for you this morning. It's not just for me. It's not just for a couple here that may go here. But if you are here this morning and you want to receive what God has for you, it's for you today. It's for you. He paid the price on Calvary so that all that you had to do was simply obey the word of God. You know what repentance is? Repentance is when I begin to tell God, and I mean it, God, I'm turning from sin. I'm rejecting and I'm renouncing sin. I'm renouncing the pleasure of sin. I don't want the pleasure of it anymore. I don't want the repercussions of it anymore. I don't want the lifestyle of it anymore. Lord, I repent. I turn away. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of living that of every sin that I committed, of every sin that I didn't even know that I committed. That's what repentance is. You know what that is? That's dying to my will. That's death. Then there's being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The New Testament tells us that it is being buried with Christ, buried in water in baptism. It's being buried with Christ. Then arising to walk in the newness of life. So when you repent of your sins, you die. When you are baptized in Jesus' name, you are buried with Christ in baptism. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have new life that comes in you. That is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There it is. And if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, you can receive what he's got for you this morning. I'm going to tell you, when you go down in water in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to come up out of the water and you're going to feel something you've never felt in your life before. You're gonna feel the cleansing flood come over you. You're gonna feel, you're gonna feel like a brand new person. You're gonna feel like your sins are washed away. You're gonna come up out of the water and you're going to know that you have a new walk with God. You're going to know that that God has cleansed you of your, of, of your sins. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, when you yield your voice to Him and you begin to speak in other tongues, it is ex- an experience like no other experience in the world today. And that's when his spirit is going to come into you and you're going to have life and you're going to have life more abundantly. That's why he paid the price on Calvary is so you can have his spirit and you can receive remission of sins. Would you come with me around the altar this morning? God's going to touch some people today. If you want to be baptized in Jesus name, these men can take you back to a changing room to be baptized in Jesus name. If you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come to the front. We're going to pray with you this morning and God is going to fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Praise God. Come as you're coming. Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voice? Would you just begin to lift your voice up to the Lord and worship him together? Come on. That's his saints of God. Begin to lift up your praise to him right now. He's going to touch somebody this morning. Hallelujah. I want you to find somebody. Come in close, saints of God. Find somebody. Begin to pray with them right now. There are some folks that want to receive the Holy Ghost. There are some folks that want to feel the touch of the Lord this morning. There are some folks that want to talk to God today. Would you pray with somebody right now in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God is still pouring out His Spirit.